Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Listeners, don't get me don't get me wrong, everyone. Look at your your mash tons, you know, flattened. Uh, but uh, someone, and I forget who, because I I don't know, I'm stupid. Um, gave us a bunch of commercial beer. We got some lawnmower lager from Caldera up in Ashland. Um, I like Ashland. I've been to Ashland Shakespeare Festival yeah. every year. You know what I mean? I've been here about Caldera a little more. Um, and then we have something from Crux and something from someone else. And uh, we got and a prairie moat rose meadery with roasted pineapple and chipotle. I think that's Tyler, who we're going to have on the show later on. Um, yeah, Susan Rudd is a BJCP grandmaster. She has a, a meadery wherever she is. And um, yeah. this is a uh, roasted pineapple chipotle mead. Yeah, she's the one when you get your when you get like advanced in the in the program you get uh, a rank increase it's like you get a nice little letter from from her or used to oh nice it's been a while since i've ranked up well i'm sure she's um I'm sure she's busy now it'll be a while before i rank up again roasting pine oh well with that kind of attitude well <laughs> well anymore i mean you can't really you can't rank up by points no you can't, well you can rank up by points somewhat but you can't rank up by like being smarter, you just have to do more. This can time. rank up by working my ass off and grading a shit ton of exams. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the, the issue I have going from master to grandmaster is that it doesn't require any more knowledge or not that I have any more knowledge left yeah. anyway. But uh, <laughs> you know, you have to actually do work to get that next level. And you guys should talk to the BGCP and see if you can get work credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On the show, we're like uh, representatives unofficially. I think that'd be great. Wouldn't that be uh? Wouldn't that be something? It would be. She's like, well, you know, we've done Doctor Homebrew for this many years. Well, I do some uh, work for them too. I'm I'm assistant regional rep for Northern California area, so Bay Area and up. So, yeah, That's working good. with uh, Travis down in San Diego, who's our main regional rep, and a couple of the people. There's a gal in uh, in Hawaii and another guy down in the LA area, and, um, Cindy and Jeff that uh, that I work with on that, and uh, yeah. We're planning all kinds of fun things. Nice. That's cool. Are you taking suggestions? We will. Yes. We'll listen. Okay. Anything. All right. Anything. Where Anything. Can, where can we send you suggestions? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah. Brian at the Brewing Network or whatever? Brian, yeah, sure. Okay. I think you have an email address. I do, here yeah. Brian at the Brewing Network.com. Yeah. 
And did you ever think you would make it this far in life to have a Brewing Network email address? I know. <laughs> Kyle, I mean, Steve, I mean, Keith. <laughs> Kevin. Edward. Kevin. 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 Uh, they, yeah, they can't figure out what name to put on his, but they'll get him one soon, I think. It's, yeah, I think it's Kyle Kevin at the Brewing Network. <laughs> it should be like five first names. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I told Bev, like, our, you know, the, the, the running Kyle Keith joke. And uh, for the longest time, she's like, has to ask me, what's his name again? Because you, he, she goes, you poisoned my mind by calling him Kyle and Kevin that, like, I just genuinely don't know his name. I don't, I don't see him ever. I'm like, it's Ted. So we're pretty sure it starts with a K. <laughs> yeah, it's Bill. It's John. Uh, speaking of beers and uh, other names, we have a Jeremy coming on the line here. He has an American Pale Ale, I believe. Um I think. Yes. Yeah, he sent a Pimit, and we've talked to Jeremy before, I think, right? Okay. I think. I remember Pimit. Yeah, I remember some sort of mead. Unless I got the wrong Jeremy, but I don't think I did. Um, And um, what about, uh, do we have sponsors Still, we or did do, they drop us? As a matter of fact, no, of course not. They would never do that to us. They would never do that to us. Um, this show is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. You can go to five star. FiveStarChemicals.com and learn about everything that you need to do to make great beer to improve your beer. You got to clean it, you got to sanitize it, and there's no better cleaner and or sanitizer on the market than the ones that are made at Five Star PBW, of course, Star Sand, of course, yeah, um, all that kind of good stuff. I would love them even if they dropped us. <laughs> I would still use that stuff. You can't get a, you can't get away from it. No, you can't, and you shouldn't really. To be honest, no, with you. Yeah. there's no, there's no, there's no. I'm going to use chlorine again. <laughs> I never did that. I was going to no, mention some other cleaning either. products, but then I was like, well, yeah. they may become a sponsor at some point, so maybe I shouldn't mention other products. Like, that product sucks. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, you say Oxy, yeah, OxyClean. Like, who would use OxyClean? Especially the one that has, like, the, the you know, the, the aroma to it or whatever, yeah. the, added, the added scent. Yeah, that's weird to me. It's like, it's the same. It's not the same. This, these, are different, these are different things, no. people. So it's not meant for this. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't shortcut anything. It's, uh, you should know that as homebrewers. Stop trying to shortcut everything. Jesus. Uh, okay, on the line we should have Jeremy. Are you there, Jeremy? Jeremy's not there. Beep. Hello, Jeremy. This is Jason from the Brewing Network. I hope I didn't screw up scheduling. Uh, please call us back at your earliest convenience. Have a nice day. I thought maybe he was just being censored. Now. Expletive. Oh, he's, he's coming right here. Here we go. Jeremy. Hey. What's uh, going on, dude? Not much. I'm glad Skype worked. <laughs> I just left you a very nice message on your cell phone. So yeah, and I turn on my computer, and that worked better. You can disregard it. Uh, how's right. it going, man? We've talked to you before, yeah? No, actually, you haven't. <laughs> really? Then how do I have you as, like, uh, some a pie or maker. whatever? I think yeah. we've been communicating for a long time, trying to line it up. Maybe it was another Jeremy. Through and, and then finally oh, it's come together. You filled out my form and then couldn't send it yeah. to some garbage like that? Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, then, hey, man, good to, good to talk to you. So he feels uh, like he knows again. you better than he already does. <laughs> right. For the first time, for the last time. Um, how long have you been uh, you've been homebrewing, man? It seems like from uh, the sheet that you filled out, you've, you've done a lot of stuff. You must be at it for a while. Yeah, uh, four years, exactly, this month. 
Oh, hey, happy anniversary. Cool. <laughs> My life's been screwed up ever since. Yeah, well, good. Your, your wife or your life? What did you say? I'm My sorry. life. Sorry. It was supposed to be an easy hobby, and, and I've yeah. gotten obsessed. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens, man. See what it's like 15 years on. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that kind of stuff definitely happens. Um, well, you sent us an American Pale Ale, right? Yeah, yeah. Did that change at all? That didn't change at all. Um, no. Bittery. See, we got your hops here, and um, there were all kinds of details in the label here. I, I, didn't, I didn't read I didn't, that until after I judged. Yeah, it, I didn't so. read them either. Yeah. <laughs> I was judging, and I saw, oh, oh, there's details. Ah, look away. Yeah, it's so rare that we get it. Where I, I, I would guess it's just kind of like, oh, all right, let's because uh, we try to. Yeah, you don't want to read the details, right? You guys don't want to know. You just want to know the category and what's different about yeah, it. Yeah, we rarely even get the yeah. right category, so we're just happy <laughs> if you get that right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We That's just want to true. judge it as we would judge it in any any competition. You don't have recipe de- details in front of you when you're judging it in a big competition. You know, it, yeah. It would color your impression too much. I'm like, oh, I think I taste that mosaic. I think I taste this or I smell that or whatever. Yeah. No, just go in and get it. Go in and get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Keith, you want to start us off there? Sure. Shall we? Sure, I would love to. In your Cooper um, T-shirt. Yes, it's a, I'm wearing a, a T-shirt from an album from 1987, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a new shirt. It is a new shirt. That's even great. Yeah, I, I kept it since 1987. <laughs> anyway, uh, so okay, so I, I, these uh, judging notes are from what two weeks ago. I thought we were having the show two weeks ago when I got confused, but I, I'm, I have the beer in front of me right now, so I can kind of modify anything that I messed up two weeks ago. Um, so uh, aroma wise, big hop aroma. I get pine, citrus. Uh, today I'm tasting a, a little bit of tropical fruit as well, maybe. Maybe a little, a little mango and papaya, uh, light floral, uh, but the esters still come through. I get some apples uh, with a, a faint note of phenol, um, a plasticky sort of character, and then a low malt sweetness, no caramel, uh, no other off flavors, no diacetyl, no acid aldehyde. I gave it a 9 out of 12 for aroma. Um, appearance, medium gold, um, head started pretty big, uh, then it kind of died down, um, Clarity is brilliant. Really, a pretty pretty beer um, overall. Um, I actually said the head lingers for a while, so I get this a three out of three in appearance. It was really just a just a great looking beer. Um, flavor the the big hops come through. You know, big hop flavor comes through again. Um, citrus, pine, low tropical fruit. So I was getting the tropical fruit a couple weeks ago. Sorry. Uh, bitterness is medium to medium to. Medium high, I would say, a um, little bit, little bit high for the style. I would say the malt is subdued, pretty much overshadowed by the by the hops, which is acceptable for this style. Um, I'm getting some vegetal notes, uh, and I think that I got that more also as it warmed up. A uh, little bit of sweetness, uh, and then also getting that that phenol character again um, in the flavor. Uh, malt hop, malt hop balance is more to me like IPA like than it is pale ale like. Um, uh, but everything else other than that, that light phenol is uh, super clean. We gave it a 10 out of 20 for the flavor, and most of the ding there was probably the two things with the, the light phenol and just sort of the, the balance being felt like what was more IPA than it was uh, APA. Um, mouthfeel, medium low. Uh, body, medium carbonation, just a touch of warming, light astringency from the bitterness of the hops, four out of five. And then finally, overall impression. I uh, really enjoyed the hop, the hop uh, profile on the aroma, and 
excuse me, even the flavor. Um, I wish the bitterness was just a little bit, maybe a little dialed back, a little more sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the light phenol was probably the biggest thing, and the vegetal notes were the the, the biggest misses for me. Um, but you know, it felt like it was all it was a it was a hop showcase more than uh, any any sort of balance at all. And the, the guidelines do allow for some some variation there from that sort of spectrum of you know, do I want it to be more malt or more hop focused? And probably in competitions, you're going to do better with a more hop focused anyway i just felt like it was pretty high on that that end on that spectrum of, of things um kind of felt like more like a session ipa than an apa uh to me um and then the, the phenol notes uh i wonder about those i've actually picked them up sometimes and in, in other really hoppy beers so maybe something i'm sensitive to and and not everybody's getting that i'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say about that when you when you're talking about uh when you're going through your score sheets um i would lower the bitterness and up the malt just a touch and maybe add a little bit, of, a little bit, especially malt character. But I think it works well right now as a, a, a hop showcase. And I, you know, I just consider for competition, this might actually do well depending on the judge that you get. But for me, I would prefer my APA to be a little less IPA like. Overall, I gave it a 31 out of 50. Uh, still thought it was a pretty, pretty good beer. Uh, just I would, you know, like I said again with that, that light phenol. I'm interested to hear what you guys say. And, and for that, I would, you know, just watch. Uh, you know, yeast handling and making sure you're, you know, pitching, pitching rates, stuff like that. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that as we go on. But um. let me ask you a question. Do you, uh, and just, a, I don't know why it just popped <coughs> in my head now, but um, judging it now versus judging it two weeks ago, do your scores change, both of you guys, when you do these kind of things? I know it's, it's rare that I actually get the, the beers lined up that, so you can judge them ahead of time, but, um, or do you find yourselves fairly consistent? Between the studio and at home, I would say it's pretty consistent. It kind of depends on what I'm doing when I'm at home and, and where my mind is when I'm judging them. <laughs> and even here, like sometimes we're judging yeah. three beers and we we have callers in different orders. And I do an imperial stout first, and then do say a hellas after that. Sometimes it gets a little mixed up. Okay. Uh, I think on this, I think I did these these ones. The ones we're doing tonight, I think they did them on separate days. And I think right now I'm pretty much exactly where I would have been. Uh, you know, the same cool. way. Right. Um, I think I got like I said on the nose. I got more tropical this time. I didn't get that the first time around i may have had a, a slight cold or something then um but I, I did actually get it in the taste so i was interested yeah. in seeing that but I, I felt like i'm pretty pretty consistent and i like i said i, I don't know if brian will get phenol but I, I definitely get the phenol character i was talking about then i can still taste that right now the thing i mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm picking up there yeah it also depends on the beer too if it was well cared for and and stored well uh versus if it was uh, you know it had been oxidized and you were drinking it fresh and then you taste it two weeks later there's going to be a much bigger difference than if it's you know there's no oxygen in there and it's and it's fine two weeks later and stored cold so yeah and okay. this beer held up well too it, it, yeah, it really did. reminds me very much of what it, it tasted like a couple weeks yeah. ago okay cool sorry just asking uh, go ahead Brian. okay um so uh yeah the bottle had a nice little hiss when you opened it a little little light hiss uh the aroma Pleasant, low citrusy hop, uh, but with lightly vegetal undertones. Um, there was just something a little odd in there. I don't think it's oxidation. Um, I'm not really getting that. Um, and I'm kind of sensitive to phenolics, I feel like, but I'm not getting the f- same phenolic that um, that Keith is. Kyle. It's Keith Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's Albert. almost like a, a little garlic note kind of hoppy garlic note in there or something or like a little funky something funky in the hops maybe that's kind of whoa okay that's different um the malt is bready and understated esters are pretty low just slightly fruity um 
Maybe a hint of, of DMS in there along with the vegetal. I'm not getting any diacetyl or acetaldehyde in there. Um, Appearance-wise, like Keith said, pretty much agree there. It's a brilliantly clear yellow-gold color. Finely formed, low-white colored head. Finer and larger bubbles. Um, And I was surprised to see on the label that they used the Vermont yeast. (laughs) (laughs) But I must have found it or something after that. That's kind of cool. So three out of three for, for appearance. Um, flavor wise, it's it's pleasantly hoppy. It has uh, nice little, little notes of tropical guava, little pineapple, low citrus. The malt is pretty subdued. Again, it is. I do agree with the kind of pale and a half, like session IPA kind of comment. It's it's not really an IPA, but it's leaning towards that territory. Um, bitterness is quite firm in uh, minerally water. I would say probably too much sulfate. Clean fermentation. Um, it's it's pretty much bone dry though. There's not there's not a lot of sweetness here to play off the hops and the the bitterness that's there. So it's just that's all standing out really starkly. Uh, they remain well into the aftertaste. Finishes quite dry. No diacetyl or acetaldehyde. And um, so you know, I, I gave it uh, fair scores for flavor. Um, I liked the aroma a little bit better despite the the vegetal and the vegetal wasn't coming through to me as much in the flavor. There's just uh, some other odd things in the, the super dry, mm-hmm. which also leads to kind of an IPA-like impression or a session IPA thing. Um, mouthfeel-wise, it's light-bodied, a little creaminess, only faint astringency, probably from hops. Uh, medium carbonation, no alcohol warmth was evident. So, okay there. Um, overall, it's a nice pale ale, very drinkable. Uh, just like a bit odd in the aroma, and the, the bitterness comes through a little too much in the flavor with that minerally character that's in there. So I would, I would probably work on adjusting your water. It's super beautiful and clear. So, um, you know, it's a nice looking beer. You know you know how to handle it and treat it, and it, it was stored well. There's not a big oxidation here. So I keep working on this one. Um, again, probably just to reduce that vegetal, and if, you know, any phenolic uh, just kind of work on your yeah your your keep keep everything happy keep the yeast happy and going um you know i would definitely reduce the mineral hop additions to make it more refreshing and more pale ale like um and just bring out a hit more sweetness you know maybe if you can find a yeast that's a little less attenuative in some way uh just having that a little less dry finish would would provide a better balance to me so i give it a 33 i thought it's a it's a very good beer and I'm happy you called out the water thing, and we'll, we'll you know we'll ask uh, Jeremy here in a minute. We'll probably be totally wrong, but it really does taste the pretty heavy mineral uh, content in the water. Just just you know as it lingers, and I was more I was drinking it now. It just really really the bitterness really yeah. just sort of carries on and lingers, and a lot of that is you know it feels like it's from the water more than just necessarily bittering hops. So um, I'm not sure how I missed that, but uh, I think it was a good call. No, oh, and then uh, yeah, I saw after judging it on the label, there's some gypsum, calcium chloride, and salt in here. So, but uh, if you're starting with, you know, RO water. RO water, yeah, you need to add something. So yeah. we'll talk about water a lot, hopefully. Yeah, and I'm yeah. interested now that you said that I didn't really look at the the <coughs> label here, and I think maybe I did after I judged it before, and I forgot already again what the what the ingredients were. But that Vermont, I that Vermont yeast strain i do get this character sometimes and and i don't maybe it's more of a spicy and estery thing mixed together but it always tastes a little bit 
a little bit off to me. And I have made beers sometimes that haven't, but I have, a lot of times I've had beers made with this, and it always just has more of that sort of Belgian IPA character. Not fully going into that area, but just a, a little, like little bit into that. farmhouse a little saison kind of edge yeah, to it. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and it may be more of the peppery thing, but I, I don't know. I mean, everyone always says it's, you know, it gives you a lot more fruit, but it, to me it comes off as, yeah, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit spicy as well. And I'd be interested mm. in hearing, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I should talk to other people who use this yeast a lot, and I've had some yeah. decent beers made with it. Um, not that this isn't a decent beer, but I've had ones where I didn't really spot it. But definitely now that you say that, I've had beers I've made and other people have made where I'm like, oh, what yeast are you using? They're like, Vermont. Yeah. Like, wow, that's a little bit odd. Like, hmm. you get this character that I don't particularly like very much in my IPAs. It comes off a little Belgian-like to me. Yeah, it'd be neat to, to go through the, the grain bill and the and the water and everything and, and hear what inspired that, especially with the yeast, too. Yeah. So well, let's do that go. now. Jeremy, you got, uh, oh. do you have all that nonsense in front of you? Buddy? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I was going for like a 25 out of 50, so I, I Hey, scored. there you go. Aim low, man. That's what I always do, and it works. But yeah, pretty much everything you guys said is really spot on. The, um, the hops came from a friend of mine. There was a bunch of uh, free hops, and also the yeast was a yeast slurry. So ironically, it's kind of one of my... Like, well, I, using Vermont yeast is the first time I had used it, and mm. I'm not a huge IPA pale ale fan. I mostly brew, like, saisons and dark beers, and um, but that's, I got a bunch of free stuff. I was like, oh, I might as well put it, mm-hmm. put it out there and try to make it. And then since it lined up to send it down there, I thought it was kind of funny to send it down because I know JP <laughs> doesn't like it. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so the, the grains, it was a 65% two-row. 7.5% carafoam, 5% malted wheat, 10% Munich, 7.5% flake barley, uh, 2.5% C40, 2.5% acid malt, and I put some rice hulls in there because I was having some problems with laudering. Um, and it was a it was a double batch, so it was a, I did about a 16-gallon boil and eventually ended up about 6 gallons each. And this batch... Um, well, the, the total bittering for the full batch was uh, Columbus, two ounce, and then at Whirlpool was two ounce Cascade, two ounce Tower Tau Blanc, and four ounce Mosaic. And then this batch got um, six ounces of Mosaic and Tau Blanc. It was a blend of pellets, so basically three ounces of each. And then the homebrew shop owner said I should throw in some cryo hops we'd never used before. So mm-hmm. the van was a Mosaic, one ounce cryo hop for about three days. And uh, like it was a, and then for the total, it was a let's see, half half cup slurry of Vermont yeast, and oxygenated for sixty seconds. And the water, it, it's funny you picked up on that because that's something I'm trying to learn. So this is my, it was my second time messing with our water. So I used Bruin water, and a friend of mine taught me how to use it. And I was just my first kind of foray into doing it myself. Yeah, and so it has a. 11.4 grams of gypsum, 4.8 grams of calcium chloride, and 1.9 grams of salt. And that was just adjusted for Eugene water. So you're starting off with uh, just charcoal filtered water or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I run it through a, a charcoal filter, then let it sit overnight. Um, and then when I'm really paranoid, I'll throw Camden tablets in the morning, oh but I'm trying to cut myself back from doing that. Yeah. So this one was a water filter super slow, so it takes like two or three hours for me yeah. to filter the water. And then uh, let it sit overnight. If you do it right, it should take that long, yeah. Why are yeah. you uh, afraid of using Ken tabs? tabs? I'm just well, I just thought it was maybe overkill. I used to do it more for, like, meads and ciders and things. And I thought maybe if I'm filtering it that slow, I don't need to. It only came up because a, a, a girl in my um, 
homebrew club is allergic to sulfites and i thought uh-huh. uh, is that is there sulfites lingering in that it's never been a problem but i wondered later i was like i don't know if i should be like yeah. concerned about sulfites so i was experimenting going back and forth i brewed um half of ice in last weekend and i put sulfites in so i don't know if it'll make a difference or not um what do you guys think about that when you add camden tablets i mean is there residual sulfites that somebody could pick up on or is it just blow off or i, I don't even so know small a trace i don't know if it gets all the way through there i would have a you know i think yeah i don't, okay. I don't think that's possible i think it does add that does add a little more mineral content to the water but not enough actually probably to make a difference yeah. i guess it really kind of depends on where you're starting with in terms of uh you know what eugene water looks like if you sent your you know have you gotten water analysis or do you have other people it's in clear. the club that yeah. uh <laughs> it's clear well, that's good that's yeah. good it's liquid yeah yeah, yeah someone's really yeah, sensitive it comes off a really fresh mckenzie yeah. river but there is you know the, like um i was looking at our water report and i think the average for chloride was 2.5 and sulfate 3.4 but i still can barely understand brewing waters though <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, no, I, you I, I did, what do you bro. think? I, I just really think that something that you add like that, like one Camden tablet to a whatever, you know, how many other 16 you know, gallons 30 gallons of water, of water yeah, like, yeah, for a 16 gallon yeah. batch or whatever. Yeah. There's no way. And that's going to affect anybody who has yeah. uh, sulfide allergies. Okay, I just don't. Cool. Yeah, there's just I, we could I, you probably want to ask a doctor or somebody else knows a little more. Right. But I would just yeah. say that's really, 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 really unlikely. Yeah. Do you think it's overkill with a carbon filter and sitting overnight to add Camden, or is it a good insurance policy? It I, seems overkill. I, 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 mean. I do it. I think you're going so <laughs> slow that you're, you know, it depends on the filter you have mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. the slower you go and you can make it come out like, you know, the water come out super slow and through charcoal and, and take care of it. But, you know, it depends on how much chloramine and chlorine is in, you know, in your water, right. especially chloramine. Um is it chloramine or chloramine? I guess I don't know which. Right. Chloramines, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, it really depends. But I, I would, I don't know. I think that what you're getting from the Camden tablet is not. There's nothing there that's that's bad enough that you want to avoid using it just as an extra safety blanket. I use it, so that's why I'm okay. saying that. But it's an extra safety yeah. blanket, and I mean, you can always try, try, try it, don't try it, yeah. and see if there's any difference at all, and yeah. uh, kind of eliminate it that way. But I know, like where I used to live in, in Pittsburgh, like they would change up the, the depending on the time of year and the growth in the water. They would change from chlorine to chlor- chloramine sometimes, which was crazy. I didn't know about it. And like a couple months, a, like two months a year, they would end of summer, they would throw it in. And then I wouldn't really be prepared for that. And I'd be like, holy crap. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know when they're going to do it. I got to start adding Camden tablets all the time to, hmm. to be safe. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a nice nice safety blanket. Um, and I wouldn't yeah. get away because you never know when your, you know, your water source is going to change. Um, and it's not something that's going to affect the water too much. Right. Um, that's and my, it, my take. Yeah. This is my take on it. But, yeah. In the end, you're, you're boiling it, too, and it's pretty volatile. It's not like adding it to wine where you're not going to boil the stuff. Right. You know, it's it's going to mostly just go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah I, I can't imagine. It's... Uh, do you have any other questions for the guys there, Jeremy? I was just curious. Uh, another brewer was talking about using Brutan B. Do you guys ever use that for, like, I guess, dissolved oxygen reduction or something? I know. What's a Brutan B? Never heard of it. It's some kind of powder, I guess, that you use in... Oh. I don't know. It was like 5-2 adjusted, you know, put this in your water and it'll have a pH of this. Or or something about dissolved oxygen or something about oxygen reduction, but... I wasn't really sure if that was anything that it, you know. Hmm. I, I haven't really, you know, I haven't heard about that. I, I don't know. I mean, most times I hear people talking about dissolved oxygen, you know, like reducing oxygen in brewing is around like German styles and, and not using copper and all blah, blah, you know, a lot of stuff. And I don't know. I, I just, 
I mean, there are a lot of breweries making great beers that aren't aren't so worried about that, and uh, maybe some German breweries are doing that, and they're able to keep their beers fresh a little bit longer. And but I think for a beer style like this, the hops are going to fade anyway by that that time. So I wouldn't worry too much about it for like a pale ale or or an IPA or something like that. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, um, I haven't heard of that. I'll look it up. So you said what is it called again? Brutan B. Okay. Brutan B. Yeah. I'll look that up. I have Brutan B. Yeah. No experience with that yep. either. All right, My only other question was about pH. Oh, was just, yeah, go for it. Um, just, I've been checking pH, but by the time I've got the pH meter working and everything, I'm already like 35 minutes in the mash. I mean, should I be trying to figure that out in brewing water and not really worry about it? Or do you think it's worth checking it and trying to make adjustments, even if you're at 30 minutes in the mash or getting it figured out at like 10 minutes in? I think there's maybe one or two schools of thought there. What I tend to do is if it's way off, then I'll modify it. But, you know, every time you use brewing water and you brew a beer, like you may make something similar to that again, and you can modify the next beer to get a little bit closer. But if you're in like, you know, 5.3 to 5.6, somewhere in that range, and you're at 5.4 and you want it to be 5.3, I wouldn't mess with it. Um, But I would know next time if I want it to be 5.3, I would modify it a little bit. And the other tricky part about it is your water is always changing. It's, you know, you get a water report and it's not always going to be the same. So, you know, especially here in San Francisco, we, oh, I don't know, water, you're you're using Brian, but it's it's always changing. So it's always kind of a a moving target. So I do record the pH. I don't, don't, you know, I don't like stop doing that because I think, hey, I'm close enough. But like if it's less, it's way off or outside of that range, I won't mess with it so much. But, you know, I don't know. I guess a good a good way to do it is like take it in, take it 10 minutes in and then do it. But I think you're anytime throughout the mash, you can you can modify the pH uh, without without, you know, having a big impact. But I don't know. What do you think, Brian? I noticed. Yeah, I noticed, too, that you put uh, a couple two and a half percent of acid malt in there as well. To, was that kind of to counteract what you have and try to get to a certain pH? I'm guessing. Yeah, that was in brewing yeah. water. I was trying to get to five point three or so. Yeah. I think I measured at five point two. roughly. Okay. I think. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I find that's usually a cool with pale beers. You don't run into any problems with 5.2 for a mash pH, but I do find that if you're making a darker beer, sometimes I do run into a little bit of problems later on. Um, the beer tends to get a little bit tart, and I may be dissensitive yeah. that personally, but uh, with dark beers, but I would, you know, 5.2 on a, a pale beer, I don't think it's usually a, much of a problem. Cool. You can extract a little more husky or roasty character out of it, too, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Cool. We'll Thanks a lot. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Yeah. Right, Good beers. Awesome. It's kind of an interesting recipe. It's not not your typical pale ale, but it made a, a nice modern kind of yeah. pale ale and a half. It works. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to be drinking an American stout. It's Dr. Homebrew. Uh, hang on, and we'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
the examination. Hey everyone, we're uh, back. It's Dr. Homebrew. We're drinking some uh, some mead. And it's a weird one, dude. It's a uh, it's a weird one. Like I said, I think Tyler, who will talk on the next show, I think that's who sent it. But it's uh, it's you know roasted pineapple and chipotle, and I don't I don't know. I don't know about it. It's it quality. It's a quality I'm tasting product. Each. Yeah, I'm, I'm tasting yes, those ingredients. For I'm sure. tasting those ingredients. There are tons of roasted pineapple. I think. It might be too like the chipotle maybe has died out a little bit, and I think the chipotle was added to kind of give cut the sweetness. Play off of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you get some prickly of the heat on the yeah. chipotle. But oh, it goes all the way down. Yeah, yeah. It, it warms yeah, less back of the your heat, throat. more of the I guess a little bit of that smokiness more than the the heat. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, like the chipotle comes across just to me as, a, as some smokiness, but I, yeah. I do get the heat as it finishes. But I'm not getting any like sort of pepper flavor. No. Mm-hmm. This is this is a. Like a mead maker's mead. This is yep. this is not something that I think anybody would go. You know what? Try mead. <laughs> it's a nice really good intro Here's mead. A, yeah. No, this, this is, is not an intro mead. <laughs> this is advanced shit here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, speaking of advanced stuff, the Brew Guru app from the H. Man, that mead is like it's working yeah. my salivary glands overtime, man. Uh, the Brew Guru app from the AHA, of course, the American Homebrewers Association. You download that thing on your phone. You link it up with your uh, AHA membership, which, of course, you never let lapse. And if you do, go to our website and uh, renew your your, uh, your subscription there. And it will let you know. It will key you in on every place that's around you, wherever you are in, the, in, in America, um, where you can get your AHA discount. So it's a pretty badass uh, little app. The Brew Guru, it's free also. And, uh, you know, don't forget that. It's free. We like free stuff over here on Dr. Hammer. Yes, right. we do. We're going to talk to uh, Norman right now. If you all want to pop his beer. And uh, I'm excited. We don't get many stouts, really. I'm, well, like, we get, we get like, a lot of Imperial stouts. Yeah, not, not of the Imperial <laughs> variety. So I'm kind of excited here. Norman, are you there? Yes. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Perfect. Perfect. We're uh, just opening your beer right now, man. And uh, I appreciate you sending it in. And thanks for thanks for taking the time. Uh, how long have you been uh, homebrewing? Uh, on and off, yeah, about fifteen years. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. And uh, have you you've, you've done stouts before? I imagine, or is this your first crack at it? Actually, I don't normally do. Uh, Stouts or any dark beer. That's, that's kind of my situation. That I sent this in. I'd like to get some feedback that's uh, possibly valuable. Cool. Well, hopefully we can get there for sure. We'll definitely give you feedback. Hopefully it's valuable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Very good. Well, Brian, why don't you go ahead and uh, and figuratively dive into Norman's beer here, man? Okay. I'm getting in the uh, aroma. Nice. Uh, Definite chocolatiness, kind of a rich chocolate cocoa nib-like character right up front, um, and like a medium roast coffee note. Some a hint of some rich roast in there. I'm getting a light peppery quality, like a green pepper, and some soy sauce, uh, kind of medium. Uh, well, me- kind of um, medium low, I'd say, in the background, but uh, it's not overpowering. But yeah, it's it's definitely noticeable with a little bit of that soy sauce and, and green pepper, uh, which is a little distracting to me. Uh, medium esters, low earthy floral hop, pretty backgroundy. 
Uh, no DMS or diacetyl. Uh, not getting any obvious alcohol. Just mostly that that kind of bittersweet chocolate kind of cocoa nib smell. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's, um, it's a dark brown-colored body uh, to the beer. It seems uh, clear. A low, barely formed light tan head that settles to a ring of very fine bubbles coloring the glass. Um, be nice if that head lasted a little longer. The uh, flavor, uh, massive flavors of rich coffee, uh, kind of a diner coffee-like impression to me. Some cocoa. Getting a medium-low hop bitterness. Uh, some of the bitterness is also coming from those dark grains. Um, some real, some vanilla dominating in here with the with the cocoa and the coffee. Uh, it's just really bludgeoning the palate with all those flavors. Um, there's a light roast and a light green peppery quality. Uh, Fish is very dry and ashy, almost tar-like to me. Um, it's just uh, there's not no sweetness there to kind of balance it. It's not unpleasant, um, and it's fairly clean. It's just it seems like a recipe issue. Just too much uh, of that um, the cocoa and too much of the good stuff, cocoa nib stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's just, but it's just not balanced with um, the sweetness I would want in there. And then the green pepper is a little uh, distracting. So yeah, cocoa kind of lingers into the aftertaste. Medium full bodied in the mouthfeel. Um, it seems to be held back a little bit by the um, the light dry finish. Uh, it's somewhat astringent, but not bitingly so, and it's not a, not a creamy, smooth beer at all. Just uh, medium carbonation, no obvious alcohol warmth. It seems kind of big for the style to me, uh, but maybe it's also just a combination of the flavors playing off of everything else. And I'm tasting it while I'm sensing that the mouthfeel, but it, it feels a little a little big, but not alcohol big, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall impression, it's a. It's, you know, it's a slightly odd, but with a big chocolate cocoa diner coffee thing, and it's um, you know it, it's definitely a stout. Um, there's just not too much else there to kind of provide the balance that you would need for a really nice American stout. There's not a lot of American hops. Um, the pepper's kind of distracting. It seems massive in flavors for for this style. It should be a little mellower and kind of balanced with some of that hop and, and a little more sweetness. Um, just just lack some of those things you would want to, to, to get to the right place. Um, so just maybe back off the dark malts in there, the, especially the, the chocolate malts, and um, try to bring up the sweetness a little bit. I don't know if you have slightly less attenuated yeast or something, but are just um, other malts in there to bring up the impression of sweetness. Some middle malts, mm-hmm. like some dark caramel or some some light chocolate maybe instead of the the darker um more obvious chocolate um no we'd keep trying with this so work on that recipe and um kind of play around with stouts for a while look at look at uh different recipes for stouts talk to some people that like brewing them um definitely look at your water too i'm not sure where your water started but if your water is not alkaline enough um sometimes it'll your stout will go to kind of weird places too um, still, it's really drinkable. Um, think, yeah, a little more sweetness will help balance against all those intense flavors there. Um, again, it's it's not a super defective beer. It's just pretty far off balance for me. I gave it a, a 25 out of 50 uh, for the score. So it's a, it's a good beer. Uh, just needs some work to, to get to the right place there. But, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing it. Perfect. 
All right, Keith, go for it, dude. Um, we have not talked about this beer at all, so it's interesting to hear some of the, the same comments uh, that I that I will say as well. Uh, so aroma, chocolate, cocoa, um, green pepper and jalapeno, uh, a little spiciness, um, little little alcohol warming, and also getting some some green apple, acid aldehyde character, light vanilla. Hops are really subdued uh, for this style. They can be low to... I guess low to medium high, um, not getting really much there. Uh, light fruitiness um, and light fruitiness from the esters and gave it 6 out of 12 in aroma. Uh, appearance, very dark brown with a slightly tan, dark, off-white head. Uh, beer was not opaque. Thought it was actually pretty light for the style on the low end of the style in terms of color. Um, head dies pretty pretty, pretty quickly, uh, although it could yeah, possibly... I still got a ring around. No, there's something wrong with my glass then. Somebody yeah. was putting uh, grease in my glass. It's probably poison. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> probably poison. Yeah. Nice. Uh, two out of three for appearance. Medium flavor-wise, medium chocolate, uh, medium low coffee, lots of green pepper, light acidity, malt is medium high, low sweetness, bitterness is low, medium low, also has a strong green apple flavor, a hop flavor is non-existent, other, uh, other than that, that acid aldehyde note from the green apple, I thought it was really clean, uh, medium low body. I thought the body was low. I know and Brian didn't say that, but no, astring- uh, no astringency. Uh, maybe there's some darker malt astringency now after tasting that again. Uh, very light warming. Carbonation is medium low. Three out of five for mouthfeel. Overall impression. Uh, tasty beer. Um, I, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't mind drinking it. Just a little, a little strange with the, the, the green pepper. Obviously, the acid aldehyde is a little distracting. Uh, really want to see more sweetness here for an American style. I'd also like to see a little more hop expression, uh, both in terms of um, you know aroma and flavor. Uh, peppery flavors are kind of odd. I, I wonder what what causes those. A lot of times, you know, you get flavors like this when you add coffee to a beer. Um, but is that uh, right? Yeah, but, I, I didn't know either where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> a strange, a strange sort of flavor. I'm looking where where that happened. I actually had the comments says, did, did you add coffee? Where these comments two weeks ago um, for the acid aldehyde? Just make sure you pitch fresh yeast. It's not it's not super high. I'm just getting a little bit of that. Pitch some. Fr- mm-hmm. Make sure you pitch fresh yeast. Fully ferment. Don't rack anything off too soon. Uh, for me, I would I would do very much what Brian was saying. I'd up the dark some dark malt complexity some dark crystal would be great pale chocolate would probably be good as well there is a lot of chocolate sort of flavor that add probably the dark chocolate would add some toasty toasty malt character and uh yeah i mean the hops like i said the hops are just uh just missing but i really really think with that sweetness i want a sweetness and and with that probably you know a little more body as well um and uh just sort of fill out the beer and right now it feels uh i don't know just kind of you know that peppery thing going on and then lack of hops and um just sort of that round that round sweet flavor it um, needs some malt for sure yeah, yeah a little lacking well let's get into the recipe norman if you want to tell us what you did and uh i think we can uh help you from moving forward uh sure yeah um uh let's see we had uh 16 pounds of pale malt uh one pound of 120 crystal caramel crystal we had a uh, Eight ounces of chocolate malt, eight ounces of roasted barley, and uh, for hops it was like three quarters an ounce of Chinook, three quarters an ounce of Galena, and that was it. And uh, dry hopped with coffee. Okay. And 
you know, the five-gallon batch. Um, pretty straightforward. Uh, the recipe came from, um, you know, an, an internet uh, source. So yeah, yeah. With with the coffee, did you 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 ground you put grounds in the in the fermenter or whatever, or did you make the coffee and pour it in, or how did you how did you add the coffee? And the coffee was grounds in um, in the secondary. That's where that green pepper yeah. comes from. It's, it's, coffee's notorious, especially if it was a lighter roast. Maybe. Actually, I find darker roasts give more of the green pepper character. But mm. that you know, that's that's I, I've talked to people about that, and that may you know it may vary, may even you know whatever the roaster to roaster sort of thing. But that yeah, that would definitely <laughs> explain the green pepper thing. I, you know yeah I, oh, yeah. Hazard hazard a guess that it's also what's killing your head here is the oils from okay. the coffee oh, beans. Yeah. Just or dies. The oils from my nose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've talked to, to people who've done a lot of different stuff with coffee and they make double strength coffee, uh, double strength batch, and add it into the into the secondary. Put whole beans into the secondary. That's, that's what I do. Um, but, Day or two, whole beans into the into the keg uh, yeah. after I rack it in there and then get it off. That's just for, that's modern times does that, and you know they they own a they own a roastery and they also make coffee beers and you know so i was like yeah i'll use what they do and i like their coffee beers and they have one of the, one of their beers is a mm-hmm. their staple but it, it does always vary on you know what coffee you're using and it's one of those things you use a coffee sorry to interrupt jp by the way um hey man it's all right that. you're but, the expert he, no, no I, he you know. knows coffee jp knows yeah. coffee. No, no no yeah he probably knows coffee better than i do he probably has a, a, a roasting coffee at home and he's going to burn his house down as we i think we've talked about this multiple times over and over again but <laughs> um so but no i mean sometimes it's finding the right coffee like it, it is it is tricky like it doesn't you know it it could be light. It could be dark roast, and sometimes you get the green pepper thing, and you just kind of have to play with it until you find the the right the right thing that works for the beer. You can do a strong cold brew also, and you can kind of work with it and just blend it, you know, um, teaspoon method in a or whatever, you know, yeah. or grams, you know, and kind of figure out where you want to be with your coffee. Um, what do you think about the malt bill? Let's talk about the malt bill real fast. Since everyone kind of yeah, it seemed like a pretty malt. simple recipe. It had Keith most of the malts how to drink. that choking. you want. Um, I was surprised how much Crystal One Twenty was in there. So and you said Crystal One Twenty, and then there was another Crystal after that as well, or not? I, I, I was chocolate. writing. Uh, no, there was, it was okay. uh, chocolate malt. Crystal chocolate and, uh, roasted barley. Yeah, there was yeah. only one pound of One Twenty though, and it, this is a sixteen pounds of pale. And what size was the batch? Now that's kind of a was it a uh, six and a half was, or something? It was supposed to end up. Uh, Six six gallon bag. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would probably, you know, even with the sweetness now, I don't know, you know the mash temp and all that sort of stuff too. But um, you know, it's only a pound for. It's, it's not. It's not a ton. I, I would probably find some mid crystal in there as well to kind of like a forty or sixty. Yeah, forty sixty something yeah. like that. And and, and if you don't want to okay. overdo it, do like a, a three quarters of that and three quarters of one twenty. I think one twenty is great in a beer like this because it gives you some of that that raisiny character and mm-hmm. the complexity that you wouldn't just get from regular crystal. And well, I, I think it mash, matches with the <coughs> chocolate, yeah, malt yeah. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you don't shift to the pale chocolate, keep it as a chocolate. Keep the one twenty there because I do like those flavors. It just does need some kind of sweetness in the back end to kind yeah. of not make it so dry. And then also entering it as a twenty B uh, when you're entering, you know, when you have that much of a noticeable coffee in a in a beer like this, you want to enter it as a spice or vegetable. Yeah, yeah, and the coffee could be changing the perception of sweetness too with a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. a little astringency there. Yeah, and, but no, it does feel it does feel like it needs more sweetness though, and. And you know, and don't go crazy on all kind of ingredients and make you know add like, hey, let me add 
three ounces yeah. of pale chocolate and and you know let me use some black patent and let me use three different types of crystal I, I don't know keep it simple I, I like, like I like that approach and then yeah. add things and then see what happens um, and you know I don't think you're far off here from making something really good um, and if you want to keep using coffee I would just keep trying different different varieties and different methods but I think the one reason you know the whole bean thing works is that it's pretty easy to to get around the beans ground coffee sometimes can be you know like hey I'm gonna have to strain it or rack off of it or something and whole beans are a little easier to deal with and beans are very porous so there's no real need to necessarily uh if a couple days soak it's not you know you're gonna get as much flavor not as much but pretty close to as much flavor as you would from a from a grind what was your uh what was your water and then um did you mention the yeast uh the yeast was mangrove jack uh strong ale yeast uh and then what did it start and finish at? With that, yeah, with that yeast. Uh, finished it uh, about ten, twelve. Okay. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty. Lo- that's pretty low. I mean, I, I don't. For some reason, I can never get my my uh, unless I do like an Irish stout. Never get my my stouts to drop that low. Um, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Another option would be to throw some flake barley into it. That'll give you a little more body, a little more uh, perception of, of just a fuller beer, I think, overall. Or some oats or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Like, I, I love yeah. like barley in, in a stout, no matter what kind of stout it is. I think it goes really well. So I think that's another option to kind of just create a little more, little more uh, fullness. Uh, right. And the water was RO water uh, with two teaspoons of gypsum. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could try building it up to, you know, like a Dublin profile or something if you want a kind of a nice stout water or just, uh, yeah, just get your get your calcium up there. I mean, you just got <coughs> calcium and sulfates there and nothing else. Uh, maybe a little yeah. chloride, calcium chloride, chloride or something give you more perception of sweetness again, too, yeah. so that's yeah. another thing. And even, even salt as well would give you a little more yeah. perception, perception of sweetness. So maybe Sodium that's what's chloride. also missing if you're using RO water and just gypsum. That's why it's coming across as being not not very sweet it's a very low chloride water it's just yeah. a little harsh that way the water's changing the water is going to definitely help this beer too okay yeah but um yeah interesting interesting beer um yeah i think you're on the right track i like the simplicity i like you know um got to work on that coffee edition and work on the recipe a little bit but you know i didn't um i think it tastes good man i think i get a little bit of that aldehyde that keith got too on the edge of it but it's not um insanely so it was, it's like a, it like was just a little hint of that it came off like maybe acidic like a like uh that's i didn't get the acid but i got like a little acidity yeah. which i could i could translate to green apple so maybe that was it yeah, the, yeah the green pepper had been out of the way and it was declared as a coffee stout with a nice coffee character yeah. it would have scored a lot better so yeah with a little sweetness oh. there you go Cool. Okay. Uh, Norman, do you have any questions for the guys, or did we did we hit them all for you? Uh, I think you, they, they pretty much hit on everything that was uh, that I was questioning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, man. Try it again and let us know how it comes out. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks Thank a lot, man. Sure. Norman. Yeah. Cheers. Good job. Thank you. Bye. Oh. Cool. Yeah, I like those flavors, man. They they, they match pretty well. Uh, okay, before we take a break, I do want to let you guys know, of course, because we do have things to let you know about. Uh, for, for years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique home brewing equipment. 
like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel, from boil to mash to cooling. The Robo Brew is truly self contained. Also, they have a cool thing to up your fermentation games called the Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. Nine-gallon plastic conical with a stainless stand, a sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom, and it will hold up to 35 PSI. So you can do uh, some cool transferring, and you can even carbonate it in there and do all that kind of stuff. All right, here we go. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give stuff away, and then we're going to leave. Hang on. We'll be right back. Push the play. There we go. (laughs) Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, cost acid cleaners, star sand, Santa clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for hanging around, everybody. Before we get to all the good stuff, I do want to let you guys know, of course, about the iDip. It's the iDip, everybody. Yeah. My club was just talking about buying one of those. Do it. Well, I'll tell you what. We got a bunch of money. We should buy something cool. You should do it, and then uh, you go to smartbrewkit.com and use code TBN10 at checkout, and you'll save 10 bucks. So uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, in case you haven't heard about the iDip, what it is, it is the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit, and it incorporates a revolutionary photometer, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. You can use it in your home brewery, or if you uh, are a brew master, a brewer in a commercial brewery, of course, it'll work there just fine, too. It's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part. You do not have to do math, uh, which is pretty awesome. 
it was refreshing for me, I'll tell you that much. Um, the iDip pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly to your own personal water profile. You can email those results or post on your Facebook page and let your homebrew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. They can test for over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded, and you can uh, you know check out the rest of them. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more with only four mils of water needed for each test. It's pretty dope. So check it out. Smartbrewkit.com. Enter code TBN10 and save yourself $10, bro, on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Okay. Where we're going right. to give away $40 gift certificate to GrogTag. GrogTag.com, where at least your beer will look good. You should probably not do that. Okay. <laughs> um... Who won? It, Who won the gift it, certificate? It, it would be Norman. Norman! All right! Good job, Norman. I mean, uh, you know, Norman. Or else I will forget well, if I don't write it down. He's going to make his beer taste um, even better the next time, and he's going to have it look good. So Yeah, dude. Yeah, win, Norman. Win. Go to grogtag.com and uh, see what you want to buy for 40 bucks, man. Metal signs, bottle caps, coasters. Mm-hmm. Reusable labels, keg labels, carboy labels, tap handles, whatever you want, dude. They got it. Yeah, thanks also to Jeremy for sending in his beer. We'll we'll just give him a little applause for his beer, too. <laughs> Good job, Jeremy. You don't get anything. You get nothing? That's it. Uh, okay, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning into the show. And thanks, of course, to our guests for sending us beer. Thank you, of course, to my co-hosts for sitting here drinking the beer. And, Thank um, you, JP. Thanks to whoever sent us in the commercial beer and the mead. That was yeah. cool. Thanks to the Hop Grenade <laughs> for putting up with our shenanigans back here in the corner. Sure. Sure. Those people, too. All right, everyone. Uh, if, you, if you're listening live, give us about five minutes, and then we're going to uh, come back on with another show. And then if you're not listening live, you're on the podcast, you can just advance it eh, right about now. Click. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>